0: Trying to stay alive here on Texags Radio, presented by David Garner's Jewelers. We're here in the Rollo Insurance Studio, kicking off hour number two, coming up at 9 35. We are going to have Mark French, former AM basketball player, to talk a little AM men's hoops around Aggieland with Kay Nagley to close out the hour a little later. And uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, we're gonna have Kevin Noon, Ohio State Insider, talk a little bit about Buckeyes. Again, the show is ending a little early today, 10:30. We're gonna have bowl coverage on the zone. Up next after us. And if you want to text in on the text line, nine seven nine six nine three eleven fifty is the number. But uh we're gonna get things going here in the nine o'clock hour with a little bit of fantasy football talk, a little book it. That's Tomas' thing, so I'll pass it over to you and you lead the way here. Well, if and for me, let's just
1: say this. Uh I'm in the fantasy football championship. I had Dak Prescott and CD Lamb play yesterday. They got me like thirty-five points, something like that. Uh, It's pretty good. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm trying to win the championship if you're out there listening and you're in the fantasy football championship. I got a couple guys. I mean, these are, I will say this one of them is definitely on my fantasy football team. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm banking on or booking it Mm -hmm. that uh, one of my guys is going to perform. But I think the first one you got to think about is uh, Garrett Wilson versus the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Only reason why Mike White is back in the saddle. Zach Wilson is done. Garrett Wilson. (laughs) Uh, with Mike White, though, is a completely different receiver. That's the receiver we saw at yeah. Ohio State, uh, the plays that he's been able to make. With Mike White, uh, actually at quarterback, Garrett Wilson, in those games has been anywhere from a top five to a top ten wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, it's been unbelievable, The pretty much the difference with having a, for lack of a better words, competent quarterback playing football for the Jets. I know it's the Jets, Zach Wilson, pretty much done there. But I love it. Give me Garrett Wilson versus Seattle. It's a must-win game for both of these two teams. You know, Seattle's defense isn't bad. They have some nice young pieces on that secondary. But Garrett Wilson is a baller. Mike White. I and mean, the, guy's, the guy's got some broken ribs. There's something wrong. He, I mean, he was internally bleeding, they thought he oh, was, against, after that hit a couple weeks yeah. ago against Buffalo. And two weeks later, he's back playing quarterback. I mean, you, that's the guy you want Didn't leading Didn't he get knocked team. out of that game like yeah, four like, times or he something? came, and back, he came back every each single time. time. Yeah, uh, that's pretty nuts. Unbelievable. I love Garrett Wilson in this spot. Uh, he goes for over a hundred yards, catches at least a touchdown, and that's a
0: guy that's going to help win you your championship. Book it. Right on. Well, I'm my team. I'm looking at it right now. I went six and eight, and I made the playoff. Oh, really? I guess I went six and seven. Six and seven uh, in the in the regular season. I made the playoff. I got beat by over a hundred in the first round. So I'm in the I guess the the third place <laughs> game. So. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worth something here. I, I made it. So I guess if I'm going to give you my very uneducated, uh, book it, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, uh, Justin Jefferson. He was, he's on my squad. Mm-hmm. He is pretty much good for like 20 point points, pretty much every game. He's oh, pretty no ridiculous. Doubt. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback, there was a stretch there where people were dogging on him a little bit. I guess when he played Dallas, they, they, they got their, um, uh, you know, you know what handed to him pretty well he didn't put up very good numbers but pretty i mean like i said he's he's pretty much good for 30 points a game and that's pretty ridiculous for one receiver um so if i were to say if you could if you got Justin Jefferson on your squad you can book that you're you're in a pretty good spot
1: i think there's a, another guy I, I said i was going to talk about the rams yeah, we, can, we can go ahead and do a couple i was i said i was going to talk about the rams primarily because david Nunio, if you're listening to this baker mayfield He's back, baby. He's back. He's back. He's finding a way. I didn't think he was going to do what he did uh, on Christmas Eve against the Broncos. But it's not Baker Mayfield. It's Cam Akers. Uh, this is a guy that really was talked about, you know, was left the team at one point, that they were going to try and release him or trade him. I mean, this going into the season, people were drafting him in like the
0: fourth, yeah. fifth round. You're looking at one you of know, I them that did that. that. I believe I that. did that. He was my first running back I took, I think. Wow. See, and I he didn't scored think he was me zero in the first game,
1: but I'm, I've kind of after watching the game on Christmas Eve, watching them play the Packers, and then Baker's first start against the Raiders. Cam Akers is running the football like the Cam Akers we saw when he first came into the, into the league, mm-hmm. the Cam Akers we saw running the football at Florida State that made him you know so dynamic, and he's scoring touchdowns left and right. He had two in the win over Denver. I don't I don't know what's going on over there in L.A. I mean they got. They lost everybody. Matthew Stafford gets hurt. Cup gets hurt. Yeah. Don, uh, Aaron Donald got hurt. And they're just playing with, I, I don't know who they're playing with. To be honest, <laughs> with, I don't know who they got at receiver. They don't got Allen Robinson. Uh, it's, it seems they, they get Baker Mayfield. They're the only team that put a waiver for them. Mm-hmm. And here they go. They're 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 not in the playoffs, but they're winning games, and they're looking good doing it. Uh, it's kind of surprising, but you look at the Chargers. They—that's who they're going up against. They just clinched the playoff ticket uh, with that win on Monday Night Football against the Colts. Justin Herbert finally in the postseason. But it's the Chargers. This is such one of those games where they kind of let their foot off the gas. They relax a little bit. They might be getting. Uh, Joey Bosa back, which is going to be huge. He tore his groin in like Mm. week three, and he's now playing. I mean, these guys are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I really do like Cam Akers. I think they're going to run the ball, really rely on it, help Baker Mayfield. That's what they did. They succeeded. They ran the ball effectively, play-action pass. Cam Akers is going to score at least a touchdown. Give me over 75 rushing yards,
0: and give me the Rams in this one. Book it. I'm looking at it right now So, uh, because I think I dropped him off my team a couple weeks, a long back. time ago, yeah, a long time About ago, seven weeks so ago, exactly. I'm trying to see how he's fared. Oh, here we go. Since I dropped him, and yeah, see that that makes me so mad. 23 attempts, 118 yards, and three touchdowns against Denver last week, or I guess on Christmas Day, and yeah, my goodness, yeah, the I trifecta just, right there, and yeah, tries. he scored two touchdowns against Seattle, a touchdown against uh, Las Vegas. That just makes you me scoring feel touchdowns. If if. Yeah. I don't know about you, Tomas, but if fantasy football is good for one thing for me, it just makes me feel stupid because <laughs> there's so that, many that's times mean. That's,
1: if I lose if I lose on Sunday, I'm gonna feel that way too. Especially if Garrett Wilson does nothing, and I came on the radio co-hosting for the first time
0: and just absolutely yeah blew it. There's so many times this year that I've made like a switch here for my flex guy or switch here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man. That's it. I'm gonna I'm scoring one fifty or something. Like the past two weeks, I think I had Cleveland's tight end, David Njoku. Njoku yeah, yeah, Njoku. I replaced uh Dalton Knox. And what has Njoku done the past two weeks? Nothing. What has Dalton Knox done? Scored touchdowns in back to back weeks. What he did prior, nothing. He was he was not maybe may catching a pass a game. So I, I, I don't down. know what I'm That's doing, how it is. Tomas. That's what we're learning here.
1: Well, we got some also NFL playoff scenarios for some of these former Aggies. Yeah, let's dive into uh, that. Mike Evans and the Bucks. I mean, I came at the beginning of the year and I said, Tom Brady's going to win the Super Bowl. So I was wrong about that. I don't think, for some reason, for some reason, like, I have this sneaky feeling that the Carolina Panthers are going to find a way to beat Tampa Bay on Sunday. And pretty much control their destiny to get into the playoffs. Uh what interim court uh, interim head coach Steve Wilkes has done. I mean, think about the Panthers. One in four, they got they fired Matt Rohrer, one in five, something like that, and they have a chance to win that division. The Bucks almost lost to Trace McSorley and the Cardinals, mm. you know, like it's it, it's a head scratcher. It seems like Tom Brady, however, though, you know, when he has a chance to win the game, he finds a way to win. Yeah. But Mike Evans, these past couple weeks, has been non existent. I mean, they mm. haven't been able to give him the football. Tom Brady has had him open. I mean, watching that game against Arizona, Mike Evans should have had two touchdown catches. Instead, the ball was underthrown; and It was picked off. Uh, And it's just, it's surprising to see how bad the bucks have kind of fallen off with, you know, Todd Bowles coming in as the head coach. I don't think Tom, Tom Brady still wants to play, uh, but I don't see him, you know, being back there in Tampa Bay again, but, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to go on in the NFC South. I just kind of want something different. Give me Sam Darnold. And you know what? There's definitely, a, you know, back of my mind thinking as a Cowboys fan, I don't want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, he's he's one, He's never lost to the Cowboys. Yeah, I would rather play Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. I,
0: I remember Shereen Williams uh, was on the show a couple of weeks back, and she said something about the Cowboys playing Tampa, like in Tampa, and it's never – been too, you know, too. They've never been too successful there, so I'm, I know I, I believe you when you say you want to avoid that. But man, that's crazy. The two, they're I guess Carolina's seven and eight as well. Um, no, six and nine. Sorry, that's why they have to win. Why out. are there, Okay, they got to win. They, out, if
1: they so if, they, if the Bucks win, here we go, playoff scenario. Bucks win, they're in. Simple as enough. They they beat the Panthers. They win the NFC South. Mark the date: mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right, but if the Panthers win. They control their own destiny. They win against the Bucks. They win the last week of the season. Boom! They're in. Tom Brady goes home, and that's wild. I don't even want to think. Like I don't. I don't know. I I mean, I was. I mean, you watching. You watch ESPN. You watch these games. Everyone's like, "What's going on with Tom Brady?" I mean, if you look at the numbers wise, he's not playing like horrible. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not Tom Brady isn't the issue. I mean, the team is banged up. They got no offensive line, and again, having a guy like Mike Evans is so huge. But if you can't give him the ball, you know, if you can't let him be Mike Evans, it, that's that's why you know the struggles come in. That offense yeah. is just not very good.
0: Yeah. Well, I got I got I got a Aggie in the NFL for you that could be playing in the playoffs. Christian Kirk on the seven and eight Jags lead the AFC South. There we go. How about the no Jags? receiver? But what
1: about the Titans? And, you know, Ryan Tannehill's done. He's kind yeah, of put, I he's about put on say, I think he's he's yeah. put on IR. But you look at the Titans. I mean, they lost last night to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. How about them? But you look at the Jaguars, Doug Peterson, tip your cap. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, the you know, awesome. You know, I feel really happy for that team, Christian Kirk. But I will say this, listen, they rested Derrick Henry yesterday, right? They mm-hmm. they said he's not playing. Josh Dobbs looked more than capable of doing exactly, let's get real, what Ryan Tannehill does in that offense, mm-hmm. right? Malik Willis, you know, he has the growing pains. It's obvious that he's not you know ready to be the guy there. I think Dobbs starts next week against Jacksonville, and what does Derrick Henry do against the Jacksonville Jaguars? He tortures them. Mm -hmm. I mean, go back a couple years ago, we had that monster 99-yard touchdown run Thursday night football. Who's that that against the Jaguars? Jaguars. You give Derrick Henry that grown man a week (laughs) off. You don't tell me he's not going to touch the ball 30. He'll touch the ball 30 times next week, you know. And I think that's the way you beat Jacksonville. They have that high-powered offense when they can get rolling real quickly. What do the Titans do, they don't let you get the ball. That's how they're able to beat teams. That's how they hang around with teams like Kansas City these past couple of years, where they almost beat them, you know, mm-hmm. because they don't let guys like Mahomes get the ball. They've not. I think that's the same type of uh, play they're going to do against Trevor Lawrence. Give the ball to Derrick Henry. Let the man eat. And you know what? After watching that game yesterday, the Titans are going to get in. They are. Their Titans are going to get in. Who so knows? They, they, maybe if they win a playoff game, Ryan Tannehill can come back. I don't know. Yeah. I like the Jags, but for some reason, the Titans, every single year, you count them out, but what do they do, they get in.
0: Yep, Yeah. And then I guess I'll I'll throw this one at you before we hit our break. Donovan Wilson, Aggie in the NFL, on your Cowboys. How tell about tell me a little bit about him. How about him?
1: him. Uh, Donovan Wilson, this guy has really turned things on as of late, taking over that starting position. I mean, he was a guy that found his way into the rotation because of injuries, or the Cowboys have been really bad at safety, you know, the Past couple of years, I mean, at one point they had Jeff Heath starting at safety. And if mm-hmm. you know, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you know, uh, who Jeff Heath is. But Donovan Wilson, I mean, this guy's a, a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball, he hits hard, he's a ball hawk. I mean, he's not the guy that's going to get all these interceptions, but he plays the safety position like you know, like the guys we saw growing up. You know, yeah. he's very physical. Uh, he gets after the quarterback. He's not a rate, uh, afraid to come on that safety blitz. I mean, he came, made a couple of nice plays yesterday uh, in that game. He's really kind of taken over as a leader on that defense. And I think he gets overshadowed a little bit by guys like Micah Parsons, you know, Trevon Diggs. Yeah. But Donovan Wilson, he's a baller. He's that guy. Uh, and I really do think he's going to have a, a good rest of the season with the Cowboys. And let's see what happens in the playoffs. Hopefully, it's not Tom Brady. I want Sam in Donald Tampa Bay. Yeah, but hey, I'll take it. We're in. We're in, Hey, all you gotta do is get in. You get into the playoffs, you never know what could happen. Think exactly. about the Bengals last year. Absolutely, they did it.
0: yeah. Fun story there. Well, that'll do it for this segment. On the other side, we're gonna get into the top five moments for Texas A and M in 2022. That could be a little bit of baseball talk, basketballs mixed in there, maybe a little, uh, maybe a little bit of Sam Bennett as well. Uh, we'll get to that on the other side. You're listening to Tech Sags Radio, presented by David Garner's Jewelers.
1: Welcome Back in Texas A&M in Insurance Studio, brought to you by David Garner's Jewelers. We're gonna get into the top five moments for Texas A&M in 2022. We've had a lot of good ones, Nick. There's been yep. uh, some really cool moments here in Aggie We got some. It's what plays, moments, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, I mean this this list there's a f- like there's a few moments, but I think it's more so of the the biggest like. I guess storylines throughout yeah. Aggie athletics, basketball, baseball, football, all that good stuff throughout 2022.
1: And you tease a little bit of Sam Bennett, so let's let's get right into this at uh at number five. I think without a doubt, this one right here is uh, Dylan Rock versus Texas. We all know what happens. Two two. See you later. Hasta la vista, baseball grand slam. Yes. You know, I mean, I remember watching that game live and sitting there, you know, kind of.
0: Losing like, it? Losing <laughs>
1: it. You know, in Austin, Grand Slam. Oh, you were the- there? Were you in- no, I wasn't oh, there. No. I was watching it. I got gotcha. you. I mean, if I was there, I would have been, been one of those guys jumping up and down. But being the number eight team in the country in Austin, we all know the rivalry between these two teams. Dylan Rock, you know, talk about a guy putting the team on his back right there. I mean, look at this piece of hitting. Just reaches out, extends, gets yeah, the barrel on it, drives it into left gets center. Gets a
0: slider going away from him, and he pokes it over the left field wall. I mean, that's beautiful. Cade... K- Yesterday, our assistant producer was telling me that uh, after this game, he said he's never seen the mood around this office so happy. I mean, think so, about <laughs> it. I, mean, I can I mean, only imagine. But
1: he, Kate brought up a great point. Yeah. Think about it. I mean, after that game, everyone starts sitting there thinking, okay, a&M, yeah,
0: they they're of the, legit. Yeah, that was kind of the, know? the the turning point. You I know? think
1: that's the turning point that turned into that College World Series run where they went back, and where they do? They beat UT again.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe teasing in something there. Let's go on to number four. Yeah, number four, we're going to get a little Sam Bennett action. Sam Bennett winning the U.S. Amateur, and it qualifies him for the, the 2023 Masters. That's going to be so fun to watch. Um, you know, I was following along with this so-so but i know dalton hughes is a big golf guy and he you know we we had sam in here for sam came uh, an interview um yeah sam came in as well i know he was following that very closely but i mean that's so cool to see uh you know it's going to be awesome to see him on such a big stage as mm-hmm. the as the masters that if i am going to watch a golf tournament obviously i'm going to watch the masters and now i have like a a real really, reason. really yeah. big rooting interest See, in Sam Bennett. It's funny you
1: say. I, I will say this: if Sam Kamen's listening out there, you know, he used to be here at TechSax. Mm-hmm. He's the reason I got into golf because he told me, "Hey, check out this guy, Sam Bennett." You know, mm-hmm. I know he came from AM, I'm not really a golf guy, uh, but this this guy can play. And for him being able to go to the Masters, I mean, that's that's yeah, that's awesome. That's especially awesome. at the at the age that he's doing it, playing the way that he is. But it, it, around, talk around the golf world that this that Sam Bennett man, he's he's really on the come up. I'm mm-hmm. definitely excited to
0: to see what he does in Augusta. And on that, yeah, that final day, I remember he he, he had a pretty comfortable lead, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, throughout that tournament. But the final day, whoever was in second place behind him, I know I know he's starting to creep up on him. But Sam was able to kind of keep that lead intact and and, and you know execute when he needed to and 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 pulled it off. And he's let's, playing in the Masters.
1: And let's get to number three. Uh, this one, we gotta go back to some football. Moose Muhammad Wigman. Dropping back one-handed between two defenders. I mean, my goodness. I remember being there at the game. I mean, that was my last game as a student watching that catch. You know, your, your draw drops right there. Yeah. You know, seeing the one-handed grab like that, uh, Muhammad really flashed that potential. But I think, you know, we talked about it after that game, but how important that was. For
0: yeah, just the momentum win, yeah.
1: to close out the season. You kill LSU's title, uh, college football playoff chances right there. Mm-hmm. But the uh they were the number five team in the country at that point. You know, if they were able to beat AM, then that SEC title game had huge implications. Uh, but it didn't happen. AM played their best game of football in the last sure. game of the year, and they're able to take down the Tigers. Uh that 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 without a doubt was definitely one of my favorite moments from the football season. I mean, it was not the season we expected, but but that was definitely the highlight reel right. Yeah, there. and
0: that's, you know, it, you know, going into the off season obviously we're going to play a lot of what ifs, you know, and always. and AM in that game was really banged up still. Uh A-Chain playing on a, you know, hobbled ankle. He he missed a few games prior and then came back. So, you know, you always you ask yourself, man, what if we could have seen this with a fully healthy team mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, man. And and You add a touchdown here, there during the regular season, and you're looking at a completely different team. But going back to that play, you know, we talk about the catch. What about the throw? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta add that in there. Wigman put it in the perfect place. If he would have thrown it a yard too far, picked. Yard too short, picked. So it's on all phases, just a, a crazy play. Definitely, probably, in my opinion. And I guess in our list's opinion, this is the only football play, the best, the best play of the season. So we'll go ahead and get into number two, and it's just a And M basketball, their SEC tournament run, taking down number one Auburn, and then getting all the way to the championship game, and then I in the in the NIT, excuse me, that Auburn victory and uh, you know playing in the SEC championship game kind of set them up. They were just scorching red hot, hottest team. In the country, still kind of a travesty that they didn't get into the the NCAA tournament because I think they could have made a little bit of noise. But man, that that game was fun to watch, and that entire NIT tournament run was was fun to watch as well.
1: And you, you talk about Q Jackson. I mean, if you I mean if you're, if you're able to watch what's behind us right here, I mean, getting the the dunks that he had, the blocks. I mean, the ch- everything yeah. that he did for that A and M team and the SEC term run and the NIT run. I mean. That was the true definition of it. I know I say it all the time, but put the team on your back and, hey, let's go win this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they came up short in the NIT, but like you said, I think this was a team that would have made some some noise Mm -hmm. in the NCAA tournament. They had their opportunities. I I still think they, you know, obviously should have gotten in. But, you know, watching this right here, you know, gets me excited about kind of what we're talking about at the top of the hour, uh, you know, the eight o'clock hours saying, hey, this basketball team—they're gonna figure it out eventually. You know, this this gets me fired up at the potential of what this this current team uh, can do. But Quinn Jackson as well, playing really good in the G League. I've yeah. seen the stats really? there. Really, where is oh, he playing now? Uh, he's with uh, I forget the team, but it's, it's the the Washington the Wizards. Okay, so yeah, League he's in is. their system or whatever. And he's, that's... he's playing really good. I think last a couple days ago he dropped like 20, 22 or twenty three wow. points. Yeah, that's uh, good to hear. And so let's get over to number one. I think uh, without a doubt, this one has got to be uh, at the top of the list. A and M. Uh, baseball college world series run kind of capped off by beating Texas in that elimination game and everyone from the, you know, you, know, you go to the national media, they go, well, AM beat them back. in the, you know, that meaningless game yeah. in Austin, whatever, it was their world series. All right, well let's, let's play on a bigger stage. And yeah. what AM a do? They double down. They said, we are the better team here in Texas. And you you tip your cap to that team, you know, doing in the first year under uh new head coach, Jim Sloshnagel, and I'm even I'm excited to see what this team send them
0: packing. Oh yeah, send them packing. Send them
1: packing. <laughs> and, and this is a and this team I think is just going to get better. Yeah. you know this year. I mean the crazy part about a And M last year. I mean look at what was it like February when they uh, they lost to I think it was like Penn. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or one, something like won the best start. They right, lost a series
0: and, to a team they shouldn't have, and you know people were like, well, rebuilding, it's mm-hmm. okay. She lost in year one. Right. And then they kept winning, and then they kept winning, and then they. You know, beat Texas, and then they they I think LSU or LS yeah I think LSU was their first uh, SEC series, and they won that, and you know it just kept going on, and they found themselves in the in the College World Series, and they 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 won a couple games and and looked good, and man I I'm with you, I'm excited. Well maybe we'll dive into a little bit of Aggie baseball if we have the time a little mm-hmm. later, but I'm excited. About the 2023 season starting in February, they're going to be they're going to be fun to watch. Any other moments,
1: you know, any honorable mentions you could think of um, before we go to break?
0: You're gonna have to give me a little second to ponder on that. Is there anything you can think of off the top I'm of your trying head?
1: To, see, it's funny you say that because I was thinking, I, I was sitting there thinking, of, you know, the big, you know, the big moments, and I feel like in you know in the five that we looked at, you know, I could find a, a top five play from the regional for baseball, right? Yeah. I could find a top five play. From you know A and M's NIT run, you can choose any one of the games yeah. through the NIT, any of the games through the SEC tournament. But I think you really look at the moments, you look at the team, you look at what these guys were able to accomplish, whether they were you know ridden off at the mm-hmm. beginning, you know even to people here in College Station, think ah well you know it's a rebuilding year, this basketball team up, they're done, whatever it may be, and kind of the will, the heart to get back into it, the way these teams have you know shown that hey this is Texas A&M we're going to find a way we're going to figure it out and you know you look at basketball you look at baseball football's the next kind of going around looking towards to next year mm-hmm. but overall uh 2022 brought some great memories uh here to Aguilar. i Lynn. will
0: say before we do hit a break that the i guess a near moment for me is that alabama game this year oh, yeah. a&m playing and alabama taking yeah. them down to the last play that was probably the most fun game i had you know watching it all year cuz i was so invested my heart rate was probably in the 150s the entire game and coming down to that final play it's it's just you know of course you want that to happen the the upset to happen but I mean the fact that it it was that close because again for a second year in a row going into that Bama game nobody even maybe around here were given bags a shot and they go in and they take the then number one team down to the wire so that was fun to watch good near moment for me and we're going to
1: go ahead and hit a break. Mark French, uh, former Texan basketball player, is going to be joining us uh, at 935. So, just a couple minutes, uh, we'll head to break. You're listening to Tech Radio, brought to you by David Garner's Jewelers.
0: Welcome back to Tech Radio, presented by David Garner's Jewelers. We're here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. We're going to take it out to the hotline right now. Catch up with Mark French, former a and basketball player. How you doing, Mark? Happy New Year.
2: Hey guys, happy New Year to you. Doing well.
0: Do you have any uh, Do you have any New Year's plans at the moment? Any anything crazy you do? Any <laughs> traditions? Anything like that?
2: I'm act- I'm actually sitting out here in Vail, so we'll be skiing for the next week or so. Oh, that's so awesome. I carved out the morning for y'all, and then uh, I heard Nick. Y- I heard y'all were hosting, and uh, Nuno was out, so. Like man, I got to make that happen. So, hanging out with y'all, and then uh, gonna hit the slopes and get off the map for a couple days.
0: I really appreciate you taking the time, talk a little a and basketball with us, making our lives easier. So we'll go ahead and just jump right into it. So, since the last time you were on the show, they they were the AGs are two and two uh, with losses to Memphis and Wofford with and wins against uh, uh, Oregon State and NSU. From your perspective, uh, what have you seen them get better at? Uh, is there anything that they've gotten worse at? It, it, just in your opinion, what have you seen?
2: Yeah, I think I always start with the macro, right? And so losing that game in Memphis was tough because that's a high-quality, you know, they're borderline top 25 team, and so that would have been a quad one win, right? And uh, they played well, and I was, I was very pleased. Uh, Like I told Nuneau, I grew up in Memphis, grew up playing for Penny. There was a lot of uh, familiarity there for me, and I was a little worried about uh, just their sheer athleticism and aggressiveness, and I felt like we matched it and honestly exceeded them um, in a lot of regards. Uh, What's disappointing for me, and like I said, I I always try to keep it straight with y'all, is, you know, the Boise State loss, and then now we follow that up with a Wofford loss. Um, Sure, you take care of business against Oregon State, but where are they going to finish in the Pac-12, you know? Um SMU, I actually think's are a pretty solid win, even though they are a first-year head coach. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's the seesaw, right? And I think if I were to cut through all the clutter, what I see is a lot of inconsistency. And uh, and that's, that's a little concerning for me prior to conference play, because you'd like to see by this time, all right, we know what we're getting from Marble or Henry or, uh, you know, Boots. And so some of that lack of consistency, I think, is what's leading to this, is you don't know who who who's going to provide the scoring punch night tonight? night, who, who you can trust night tonight? night. So I think we've seen that play out. You can lose to anybody, but you can also play with the best of them. And so uh, they definitely have some fine tuning to do before conference play.
1: Yep. How you doing, Mark? Tomas Romo. I think this is the first time we're going to sit here and meet each other. Uh, but I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on where do you see, you know, which which player more specifically do you see kind of being the guy and taking over? You mentioned the inconsistency. Me and Nick – Talked about it uh, when we were talking basketball, but it seems like you know every night there's a different player uh, that kind of has to step up and make something happen. Who who do you think is really going to be the guy once we flip over that new year and we start SEC play?
2: I think it has to continue to be Wade Taylor, um, but I think for the for me that's almost like a given now. Like Wade's averaging what 15, 4, and two, um, I kind of know what I'm getting from Wade. It's, it's the people behind him, right? It's boots. How can you have 20 plus points the other night? And then, you know, a couple of games prior, I just feel like I don't feel your presence, you know, um, coming out of, out of uh, into the new year, you know, you really hope it's Coleman and marble because we know how physical SEC play can be. Um, I think it's paramount that Henry build on, I think he had 24 the other night. Right. And so he has to build on that. This is one of the things i talked about heading into some of these games against, You know, the Woffords, the Northwestern State, who we got tonight, Prairie View. Uh, You want to see some of your best players go for 20-plus. Now, why is that? Some people say, oh, it's just a numbers grab. No, it's a confidence builder so that when these kids go into conference play, they they have one of those games under their belt because they're going to have to tap into that. Teams are going to scout Wade. They're going to scout, you know, Boots, uh, Marble, Coleman, all these guys and they're all going to have to be able to on any given night maybe go get in that 15 to 20 range if we want to compete at the highest level. And so I thought that was really nice to see uh, Henry go be aggressive from the jump, you know. Uh, I thought he had a really good first half, and that assertiveness is something that, you know, frankly, I, I, I've i been a little disappointed with. The way he closed down the season last year was so impressive, and uh, I just want to see him come out every game where it's like, I'm the baddest dude on the floor. Like, yep. I don't care who, who I'm playing against you can't, you can't hang with me and I'm going to go right through your chin and I may not be the tallest. I may can't jump the highest, but I am one of the strongest and, uh, just put it right through their chin and go score at the rim and dominate on the glass. And so I hope it's Coleman, um, and marble, um, because I feel like I know what I'm getting from Wade, the swing guys in this equation are obviously boots. And then in my opinion, Manny who only played three minutes the other night. So we'll see what that's all about.
0: Right on. Well, uh, the Ags seem to struggle at the start of these games, or, or not all of them, but some of them. It's it's kind of a reoccurring problem. Uh, how how do you fix that? What what's what's step one to kind of correcting that to coming out of the gate, you know, strong and and starting fast.
2: I mean, a lot of it is you hope you have, you know, strong veteran leadership, which on the surface we do, right, between, you know, Marble, been at Michigan State, Dennis, been a fifth-year senior from Wichita State. You got Wade, who has a lot of minutes. Henry's been, you know, played a lot of minutes formerly at Duke. He's a junior now. Like, um, there's a lot of older guys, and I've always had this opinion that so much of college basketball is just about having an older group Yeah, uh, that's been through some wars together, and you can survive so much if you just have an older group Um, that being said, we, we do have a tendency to come out slow, you know, like I said, no need to sugarcoat things. We, we have to be able to jump out onto teams, especially if we're not going to, you know, be able to tap into those, uh, scoring ranges, you know, 80 plus 85 plus, like some of these teams like Alabama or, um, you know, LSU, probably Kentucky will come around. Tennessee's had some explosions. If you, if you want to play with the top half of the SEC, you either one have to get off to a great start and be able to control pace for the entirety of the game or at least a large portion of it, or you got to come out and be able to score 80 plus. Um, and right now we haven't proven that we can score 80 plus on a consistent basis against the top mm-hmm. end teams. So we're going to have to come out strong in the first two media timeouts where we're up, you know, kind of four, six, eight, ten 10 points, um, and kind of take it from there and micromanage the game.
1: And you talked about that veteran presence, that veteran leadership. You know, you mentioned guys like Dexter Dennis, uh, Boots Radford, another one, Harry Coleman what are some of these, I would say, veterans saying to the team? You know, what what is their mindset, mentality? Because, you know, they hear the noise, they hear the talk about the inconsistency. What do you think uh, Buzz Williams is saying to the team as well?
2: I think Buzz's message is probably pretty similar to what a lot of coaches will say is, hey, we got to turn off the, you know, turn off the clutter, you know, ignore the media and all that. Um, I do think, you know, players obviously listen to that stuff. I don't care what coaches say. I <laughs> players are listening to that stuff, you know. Uh, you'd be surprised. Um, But I I, I mean, I think you got to come out and say, look, guys, we're we're seven and five. We're a preseason top 25 team, right? And this season can go one of two ways. We can go six and 12 in conference and we can miss the NIT and, you know, a quarter of the roster can leave after the year and it can kind of be in flux or we can take that. The players that were on that top 25 team to start the year are all still here. So, take the bad losses aside heading into conference play. You saw what they did last year. There's enough talent. I think this team's more talented than last year, to be honest with you. So if you're the older guys, you're saying, look, we did it last year. We had some bad losses. Maybe we're disinterested at times. Uh, But the reality is we have a lot of high level individual talents. We got to mesh those. And so we got to do what the coaches ask, but we also all got to come out aggressive. I think sometimes, you know, a staple of Buzz Williams team is always that they're aggressive. They're the most aggressive team on the floor, right? Yep. And I think that's the most disappointing thing probably from the staff. I haven't talked to them in a couple of weeks, but if I had to venture to guess over the last couple of weeks, that's probably the most disappointing thing is that we're not the most aggressive team every single night. Because when you're when you're in that frame of mind where it's just like no one's gonna bully us tonight, we're we're gonna be the top dog, like it's amazing how many of the little things take care of themselves. And so if I'm you know, Henry or Dexter or probably Wade, Wade's a big voice in the locker room, uh, hey guys, we're coming out, we're going to be assertive, we're going to be aggressive, and no one's going to push us around. We may lose, but we'll always win the fight. And so make it a street fight, see what you can do, uh, try to get some guys hot down the stretch like we had Q do last year and make another run at it.
0: So last time you were on the show as well, you said it's a signature of Buzz Williams' teams to go on an after-Christmas run. Are you, are you still expecting to see that from, from the Ags? You
2: know, I, I think it starts with a blowout tonight, right, Nick? And, yeah. uh, uh, you got to come out and, and I'd love, you can't lose to Wofford and then come out. And I know you got the Northwestern state when you got to come out tonight and I'd love to see a 20, 25 plus point win. You got to have some of those that where you can build momentum. It can't be this constant struggle guys. You're not, you're not able to build confidence that way. And so, I think the talent's there. It it comes down to how is it going to mesh and what are the buttons that the coaching staff's going to push, not only rotationally but schematically. You know, one of the other things I've talked about, I think my first time on this season, and even dating back to to the last couple seasons when I've been on with you and various other outlets, is what's our offensive identity? And uh, we still, at times, I think there's a – it's not a lack of complexity, because I think the offense is pretty complex and there's plenty of options. It really is like – Uh, it's execution, but being crisp with it. And I think sometimes like the the plays are there, but we're not, the pace isn't right, if that makes sense. Um, And when the pace isn't right, sometimes it can throw off a shooter's rhythm or, you know, certain, you know, things that in practice are there, they're not there in a game. And so I think schematically uh, with their pace uh, and also rotationally, they're going to have to have some tweaks. We've talked about how do uh, Henry and uh, Julius coalesce. How, what what's the dynamic there, right? How do we get Manny and Boots involved? How do we, you know, how is Wade going to assert himself on a night-to-night basis, not just in terms of scoring, but in terms of bringing everyone else up to his level? Um, and so there's so many variables right now. I, I'd i be uh, out of line to to give you some ty- type of prediction, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I really got to see tonight and then this first stretch SEC play. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think, what do we got? We start, so preview tonight, Florida. Um, they actually have one of my Florida, LSU, Missouri, Carolina, Florida. Um, look, guys, it's like the old, you all know who Hubie Brown is?
0: Say that again? Do we know who?
2: Do you all know who Hubie Brown is?
0: I don't know, I, sir. I wish I could. You
1: know, I wish right, I right. could tell you.
2: Le- all good. Legendary NBA coach. Been around since, you know, 70s. Uh-huh. Uh, Coached a bunch of NBA teams. He always talked about breaking the season up into these mini segments. And so, for me, we have a one, two, three, four. Uh, we have a six-game stretch here, starting with Prairie View, ending with the second Florida game, where we probably need to, at the worst, go four and two. At the best, probably go five and one, mm-hmm. um, if you want to be talking about, uh, you know, any shot at the tournament. And so, break the season down into these mini-segments. Let's get to five and one by that second Florida game, and then we play Kentucky. Let's see where we're at
1: and And mark kind of before you you know wrap this thing up so you you said you're skiing are you skiing are you snowboarding are you you uh <laughs> what, what's your cup of tea that, over there i'm not much I'm not much of a skier I've only went snowboarding once i'm kind of curious I'm, I'm the same way I've only yeah, ever snowboarded only and that
0: was back when I was in middle school
2: okay. I'm a skier uh grew up skiing it's one of my family's favorite things to do it's one of my favorite things to do. I try to sneak out here uh, this week with my family but uh, later this this season, it'll be with a, a couple of buddies. We'll get out here. So one of my favorite things to do, just get out on the slopes with family and friends. And uh, anyway, just kind of enjoy it. So it's kind of my getaway. Uh, but yeah, I'm a skier.
0: Awesome, man. Well, hey, you go enjoy it. We won't keep you any longer. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and, and, you know, taking the time out of your vacation to talk to us newbies. So Mark, we'll talk to you or we'll catch up with you soon and uh, have a good vacation. Happy new year.
2: All right, guys. Gig them. See ya. Gig, em. gig em.
0: All right. Well, that's Mark French on the hotline. When we come back, we'll do a little Around Aggieland with Kay Nagley. You're listening to Tech Sags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers.
1: We're back in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Tech Sags Radio, brought to you by David Gardner's Jewelers. We're going to get to Around Aggieland with the great Kay Nagley. Around Aggieland, presented by Norway State Bank. Norway State Bank, rock solid banking website, State Bank. Dot .com Nagley, what's going ra- what's happening what's, what's going
3: happening? on they they're just letting the youngins run the place now is this what's happening
0: who would have thought yeah we got a <laughs> we got a text earlier that said the uh Edward and Austin said the inmate inmates <laughs> have taken over the prison so he's not wrong there but I'd-
3: I do agree with that statement. The D team, as you called it earlier. D-team, right? yeah.
0: yeah. Is that a fair. I, th- I feel like that's pretty.
3: Yeah, I, you could mix up Richard, put him in the BC slot if you
2: really wanted was, to. Was,
1: why so, can't we just say, like, we're the young A team?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't say we're the A team. Yeah. Well, I, would that have the young, you know, like. Are, maybe is, the young is Richard D-team
1: not young? Actually, not, is really, not yeah. young. So, no, we're going to switch it up. Are we're you having, calling David old? No. I'm.
3: The college slash the college just graduated. <laughs> college slash team. just graduated.
1: If that's the case, and Dalton and Richard are in that, then we're the B team. That's okay. what I'm going to take. I'll, yeah, I'll take I'll the take young little B upgrade. Team. <laughs> anyway, Kay, <laughs> what's what's happening around Aguiland?
3: What's going on? So first of all, as we all know, basketball season is continuing, um, and they, for women's basketball, a shorthanded women's basketball team dropped its SEC opener with Thursday's 67 to 34 loss to number one. And the reigning national champion, South Carolina, inside Colonial Life Arena. Texas A&M will now open its home portion of the SEC slate on Sunday when the Aggies take on Florida in a 1 p.m. game inside Reed Arena. So make sure to catch that. And then all I other have for you excuse me, is men's basketball um, will close out 2022 with a 6 p.m. matchup with Prairie View A&M tonight, uh, December 30th at Reed Arena. The Aggies are coming off a win from Northwestern State, so hopefully they continue this positive momentum in the new year and in the SEC play. So,
0: Right on. Kay, do you, do you have any thanks or thanksgiving my goodness new year's traditions or anything like that that you and your family do
3: um new year's not so much I was thinking I was asking Jamie and them earlier about new year's resolutions and stuff um I was trying to think of like one that I could really stick to I haven't come up with that yet but if I do I'll let y'all know what about y'all
0: yeah well like I said I I guess my family started just going to New Braunfels I guess that's our our uh new year's i don't know why i want to keep saying thanksgiving new year's tradition now i just hang out and and get a uh, house airbnb by the river that's pretty fun but you said hey, tomas is a pyromaniac over here just what, setting up I like fireworks. firecrackers fireworks yeah uh, of course i do but i just haven't done
1: well here's the, like here's the thing with me so when i grew up my uncle like uh, he was uh he was like a boy scout so like he would he knew all this stuff of like how to like make these fireworks, like connect them and like do all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And so as a kid, like you'd buy $150 worth of fireworks and think of like an eight year old me seeing like, all right, let's blow some stuff up. (laughs) And from there, it's just kind of been a, a little bit of a
0: tradition that way. I gotcha. Katie, are you a, are you go out or stay in? how you um, spend your new year
3: usually it just depends on the year I feel like now that I'm more in college I've been you know entertained. and now I'll, now I'll go you're back 21 I am 21 now but I'll go back home and be with my family and you know celebrate with them we have a bunch of my brother's older friends come and stuff so that's always fun do y'all have any like resolutions as far as like hitting the gym more or like anything yeah of that's those been sorts?
0: a that's been a resolution of mine since about august
3: (laughs) ever since you started working for david Nunez. yeah ever
0: ever since well so you know i used to coach at a at a fitness gym right before i started here and i was on it but then i started the grind here and i've just i I think it's just because i'm adapting to to new lifestyles and stuff i kind of got off my game and i haven't really been on it since but you know that's kind of my goal i guess is to sure I can use the new year as an excuse to to get back in the gym, but I I know Tom, I know Tomas is just to be a world class fighter. <laughs> no. It's
1: gotta be. Uh no no I don't know, maybe. We'll see. Your face uh,
0: depends on it.
1: My you're right. It, it that is very true. Uh happening in March, but <laughs> I would say new year's resolution, uh man, I I think I think just for me is just, you know, Looking at this next year, whatever happens next I'll be graduating, whatever it may be, being positive, happiness, everything that comes with it, just hoping for the best. I really wouldn't say I have a resolution, per se. I know the one thing that I will not do ever, because we're talking about the gym. This is for you, David. I'm not wearing gloves ever to the gym. Mm. Uh, that That's my – I could – double down on that as he would say and you're fired and he'd say something like that probably <laughs> probably something that he's way. fired me at least like four <laughs> or five times what about so. what about you Kay, though you got any resolutions
3: i would say just eating healthier trying to get back on track with like meal prepping that's such a david Nunez thing I heard, to say I heard, but i don't
1: know if it was jamie or, or
3: someone's yelling. someone
0: booed you over
1: there
3: someone's yelling but yeah just just eating healthier overall i would say
0: well thank you k um happy new year to you Hope you have a healthy and, and happy 2023. We'll see you there. But uh, yeah. any closing thoughts here? In no, hour no, no closing
1: thoughts. Hey, uh, happy New Year to UK. I'm glad. Uh, thanks for uh, updating us what's going around Aggieland. And that's going to hit us to the next hour at 10.05. We're going to talk a little bit, maybe potentially some baseball, Nick. You yeah. mentioned it a little earlier as well. Uh, you'll listen to Tex-Hag's radio in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Brought to you by David Garner's Jewelers.